Welcome to the Progressive Property Podcast, helping you invest in property for freedom, choice, and profit. You'll learn new, innovative, and multiple streams of property income, whether you want to start, scale, or systemize, and even if you don't have deposits. Hi, everyone. Kevin McDonald here, and we've got a really special guest today on Success Stories. So today I'm joined by Ellie Freeman, who she's based in, in Sussex, but she invests up in the Northeast area. Now, Ellie joined the Progressive VIP program and mentorship program back in at, towards the end of 2019. And she's been doing some really great stuff in property. So I've invited her on today to talk through her property journey and what she's been up to. So Ellie, thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. So um, just for anyone who doesn't know you or hasn't met you yet, um, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you were doing before property, so like what, what sort of jobs you had, what life was like, and then I guess how you got interested in property in the, in the first place. So why did you decide property was something you wanted to do? Okay, um, so going right back to the beginning, when I was sort of younger, I did think about becoming an architect um, and then thought, oh, seven years at uni. No, I don't think I'll do that. Um, and another passion of mine was food. So I actually trained for three years to be a professional chef. Um, and then in my early 20s, uh, with my then uh, husband, uh, we opened a restaurant. So I was 25 when we opened a um, award-winning restaurant. Uh, unfortunately, we opened at the wrong time. And uh, we, we kept it going for six years, but we ended up losing the business. Um, then um, in, in the meantime, I'd had two children, was pregnant with my third, uh, and eventually had four. Um, all in the space of five years. So it was a bit of a madhouse. Um, well, I've, and got, I've, we, got, I've got two, Ellie, two in, in four years, and it's crazy. So I don't know, I know how that Honestly, developed. it was complete madhouse and still is, to be honest, when they all come back together. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, four kids. Obviously, both husband and I were chefs, and that wasn't going to work because who would look after the kids when you're doing split shifts and working every evening? Um and as I say, I'd always had a bit of a passion about property, architecture um, and interior design. So I retrained as an interior designer. And uh, while I was at college, I met a girl and we set up our business. And we had an interior design business for um, 11 years, I think it was. And that was just sort of running part time alongside having the kids, obviously. Um, she had one daughter who was younger than mine. So when my children got to the age where I was sort of really ready to put more into the business she just sort of got to the point where she wanted to spend more time with her daughter um so at that point I was never very confident in myself probably and because she was the one who used to bring in the custom um she was the sort of sales side of things um I didn't feel confident that I could actually do that myself so we we folded the business and uh I did a few other things. Uh, I was a consultant for a washable nappy company, um, all sorts of little things. Um, and then uh, in the meantime, I got divorced, uh, remarried. And um, what happened next? So once remarried, we'd got two mortgages because my husband is a Geordie, hence the northeast for my investment area. And he moved down and we became accidental landlords with his property um and as i say it had always been 
an interest of mine anyway. Um, so I sort of started looking into it, started doing a little bit of self-educating and that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so that's sort of the work that I've done um, prior to right. um, actually kickstarting my, my property business. So a lot, a lot of people actually start very similar to that, which is like accidental landlord to get their first yeah. property. And then, but yeah. what they then what they then then do typically, Ellie, is they that's as far as they get. They just yeah. do that first property, and they never get the next one. So you've got yeah. this property up in the northeast. You're living down in Sussex. You your husband's moved down. You yeah. you just rented it out as a single let. Yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, then, it's family. Okay, so um, you you then joined the the did you you joined the BIP program? When was that? In October nineteen, is it? Yeah, so that was October 19. So, right. so we had what? that property. Uh, and then, uh, as I say, I was working still back in catering. So I was head chef of a restaurant. Um, and I actually got ill, uh, ended up in hospital. Um, I, I started losing my balance. And I ended up in hospital. And after an MRI scan, they, they uh, found that I got a, a, a brain condition. And I was off work for about a month because I couldn't actually stand up without falling over. And um, it was at that point uh, where I was sort of lying on the sofa thinking, oh, what am I going to do? Um, you know, I can't, at, at that point, I can't drive. I definitely can't stand up in a kitchen in front of a hot stove and use knives. Um, you know, what on earth am I going to do? And that's when I started sort of really thinking, right, I've, I've got to think of something else. And I had, as I said, I had already started sort of educating myself anyway on property. Um, to throw another spanner into the works, um, my mum had been diagnosed in 2011 with uh, Alzheimer's and she was, uh, we'd moved her down closer to me. So I was working, but I was also, although she was in a home because she'd had a stroke as well, I was sort of with her sort of forward, whenever I wasn't working, basically, I was with her trying to sort of keep her um, as happy as possible. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was all a bit mad. Um, but I really sort of thought, right, I've really got to start thinking about a, a different career path now because I'm not going to be able to carry on in catering. Um, so that's when I really started to sort of ramp up the self-education. Um, when mum passed away, um, I was left a small inheritance, which was sort of like, okay, right, this is, this is where I've really got to do it now. Um, and so once all that money came through, that was uh, sort of 2018. Um, yeah, 2018. So I so I set my business up in the October of 2018 um, and did the usual. I've got to get all my ducks in a row. I've got to get my business card, you know, got to do all of that. Got to get everything ready. Can't actually do anything yet because I've got to get everything ready did the usual procrastinating for about six months, like viewing lots of properties, but not actually doing anything. Um, and then uh, I think my husband said, and I told everybody because I was still working, I'd actually managed to get well enough to go back to work, but I was just doing part-time. And sort of people at work, I told them, oh, yeah, I'm going to do proper, I'm going to do property now. Um, and then one day I think my husband just said to me, oh, for God's sake, just buy something. And that was just sort of like that. Oh, right. Okay. Actually, I really have got to now because I've told people, you know, yeah. and it makes, like it makes it the accountability thing. Hmm. It's like, I it really makes can't it real. Yeah. I can't really hmm. lose face on this. Um, and that's when I got my first one 
so I got that. So I started the business in the October and then I'd got the keys to my first one in the May. Uh, awesome. And then, and I thought, uh, and I thought that I knew enough, but I also knew that I needed to know more if I really wanted to, to make this my business. Um, and I actually did a three day course with another provider who shall remain nameless. Um, and uh, I didn't, uh, it, it, it verged on uh, unethical to me, mm. the way they were pushing very expensive courses. Um, so I, I didn't go any further with them. And, you know, I've been looking around and I think you popped up on um, social media or, you know, somewhere along the line you popped up. So I started looking into Progressive um, and, yeah, signed up in, in the October. And, and then, you know, you learn and so you had your um, accidental landlord house, your your yeah. husband's property in Newcastle, yeah. or in, in the northeast. Yeah. You bought yeah. your you bought your next one in the May, so you're so yeah. you're on two two at this stage, and then yes. October nineteen you joined the VIP programs. You had about yeah. two you had two before you joined. Yes, yes. Okay, and then and then you've joined obviously October nineteen about four months before a global pandemic. Yeah. So, um, for many people, and, and many people over the last 12, 18 months, they've kind of stopped and done nothing, waiting yeah. for the, the world to fix itself. Yeah. Um, while they've been stopped doing nothing, waiting for the world to fix themselves, what have you been up to? So what sort of so, deals have you done? Yeah, so basically um, the first one was rented out, and that was lovely. So started. Uh, so I've, uh, then I started the refinance of that one. And uh, it was actually, I got a deal through my broker uh, who was uh, one of his other clients was selling off part of his portfolio because he was going through a divorce um, and they were in the Northeast. And he said, oh, would you be interested? So I, I had a look at it and it was three two bed terraced houses in the colliery villages in County Durham. So quite deprived areas um very low value properties and i thought so it was going to be universal credit tenants so i was like oh, i don't really know much about this don't don't really know much about this and then i remembered previously when i've been trying to build up my networking in the northeast which used to terrify me i have to say hated it to start with um, I met a woman and that's what she specialised in. So she's a letting agent and she specialises in universal credit tenants, uh, that sort of demographic. So I gave her a call and she said, yeah, come up, we'll go and view them together and I can let you know whether they're lettable, you know, whether we can do something with them. So she came with me, complete with drill to take off the boarding off the empty property. Um, and we had a look around. Uh, so one of them had been empty for five years. So that was pretty much back to brick refurbishment. Uh, the other two actually had tenants in. Um, so we, anyway, we went and had a look at all three and she said, yeah, that's, you know, we can, we can rent these out. You know, as long as you understand, it's going to be universal credit tenants, which I was okay with. Um, and so decided, yeah, okay, I've got somebody who knows the areas really, really well, knows tenants, knows all the tricks that they try and play not to pay their rent. Um, but what I really liked about her is she looks after me, but she looks after my tenants as well. She's one of these letting agents who, um, you know, if somebody doesn't pay their rent, 
she doesn't just leave it and then you're in court. She will be straight there, like literally on their doorstep saying, okay, what's happening? If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. find out if there's a benefit that they're not claiming that they could be claiming or you know if if it's a drug issue or whatever she's you know she's rehoused people in different properties to to help them so that's what I really liked about her um so yeah so decided okay I'm gonna go for it so this was for the three properties 55k each or total no total (laughs) yeah for three properties. So uh, decided, okay, I've got my letting agent on board. Um, I mean, I know the, know the area a little bit anyway, because obviously my husband's from, from that way. And uh, decided to go for it. So we started the process, then COVID hit. And I was like, oh, God. And, you know, when we were all sitting there at home thinking, oh, yeah, it's going to be about three weeks that'd be fine and then we'll be back at work and we'll be doing everything anyway obviously as we know now that didn't happen so about five weeks in I thought oh what do I do do I pull out of this do I carry on will I be able to get build teams in there you know what do I do and at that point I just thought also I was buying on an exchange delay completion so I'd have key access so that I could get the empty one refurbished before I actually completed and um so that was a little bit of a worry with the banks like pulling out lots of their products mm. and stuff and I was I thought do you know just, what I'm actually just I'm going to hold on to cash just in just case a, just Ellie on that for anyone who's watching the video and you're wondering what an ADC is an exchange with delayed completion is literally you can agree with a lot of owners especially landlords um to exchange contracts on the purchase so you're legally bound to buy, they're legally bound to sell, they'll give you, an estate agent would call it an, a keys undertaking. So they give you the yeah. keys to allow you to enter the property. You can do your refurbishment while you're in between exchange and completion. Now, normally a completion might happen within seven days of an exchange, but you can delay that completion until you've got the works done. So um, it's a really good way of getting into a property early, saving some time. So how long did he give you for the delayed completion, Ellie? Uh, so I had three months. Okay, great. Sorry, so keep which, going. Just, seemed... just for fine, yeah. At fine without yeah. COVID, right? Yeah. So I thought, okay, that, that we should be all right on that. And Nikki had got a, a builder or a build team that she uses on those sorts of properties for other um, landlords that she has. So I'd got the builder. So I thought, Okay, 
Um, should be okay. Anyway, so I decided to go for it through COVID, decided not to pull out and decided to go for it. Um, and it has been a roller coaster, I have to say. Um, you know, couldn't get building materials, couldn't get plaster for love and the money. Uh, B&Q, I think, you know, all, all everybody, plasterers, builders were, you know, sending people off in different vans to B&Q and Wix and Travis Perkins and everybody just, you know, because they could only get 10 bags in each place. So everybody was out trying to get get the plaster. B&Q ended up selling uh, dust or whatever it is, the, the trades call it, um, as plaster. But actually, it wasn't plaster. Basically, it was easy fill. So that caused an issue because they put it on the wall and were like, well, this isn't right. Uh, then the builders got COVID. Uh, so the whole team like dominoes went down with COVID. So we lost a few weeks there. So it was it was getting a bit touch and go as to whether I was going to be able to refinance or not refinance, but finance, um, get a lender on board to complete in the, in the September. Um, I had two lenders pull out. So, uh, you know, agree in principle and then pull out. Had, uh, then the last one was about a week before completion. So thankfully, I had held on to that cash um, so in the end, I bought in cash um, and, and you know, it would have been nice to have had that money to be able to be doing something else at the same time. But I'm really glad that I held on to it because it, you know, it got me out of a, a sticky patch. Um, so, yeah, so in the September, bought them in cash. In between exchange and, and completion, the two lots of tenants that were in the other houses, both did runners, one of them leaving all of their belongings, the other one. They took their belongings, but the place was filthy. Um, and because of COVID, we couldn't get any more any more build teams. And the build team that I was using already was on had got a, you know five lined up after that one, so I wasn't going to be able to use him on the others. So actually, my husband and I um, refurbed the other two, um, which weren't in such bad condition. Um, which, uh, and I know that, you know, you're not supposed to, and I know that, you know, <laughs> you're supposed to leverage it all out, but I actually quite enjoy doing it. So, and I've got quite a lot of experience of, of I actually, I actually okay. say to people, um, it's a really good practice to do things like drop some leaflets yourself, do some letters yourself, do yeah. a refurb, do a refurb yourself. Just don't do yeah. all of them yourself. Yeah. Cause if you do yeah. one yourself and some people do enjoy it and, and there's times in a property business. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring you on today as well is a lot of the time and a lot of people, they say property is all about, oh, it's you just buy a house and everything's great and you make a load of money. But it's the challenges in the middle that yeah. are important. The, the things that make it the real life stuff of, you know, yeah. not, being able to, not being able to get plaster and builders running off and tenants leaving the house. And, and yeah. then it's how you persevere through that. And, and uh, that's what our audience want to hear as well as the, yeah. the real side of property. And, yeah. and, then, and then I guess the final question they want to hear out of all of that, and we'll keep going into a little bit more of this, is yeah. would, you st would you still do it all again? Oh, God, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. See, yeah. A, lot of people are, a lot of people are put off, Ellie, by the fear of all the stuff you've just discussed and going, oh, all this mm -hmm. could go wrong. But interestingly, anyone who's ever gone through it always says they'd do it again. So, yeah. and what, what would you say to anyone who's thinking, listening to what you've just said now, going, oh my God, property, oh, that's, that's, mm -hmm. that's a, that sounds crazy. I don't want to do that. What, what mm -hmm. would you say to them in terms of, I'm going to look at the numbers with you in a moment, in a moment, but first of all, just more about the mindset. Are they, the, like, should they worry about the stuff you've had to go through or should they just grasp it and do it anyway? 
Um, I think if you're the right personality, just just grasp it. If, I think if you're somebody who gets very anxious and stresses, then maybe don't do do something quite so tricky. You know, I mean, there were a lot of elements in there that could go I mean, wrong. You've done an exchange um, with delayed completion. Yeah. Four, a four, a portfolio, 400 miles away. Uh, yeah, 350 miles away. 350 yeah. miles away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, in the middle of a lockdown with yeah. no build teams or materials and yeah. uni- universal credit tenants in yeah. a, a colliery town in County yeah. Durham. I mean, you couldn't probably it's, it's have everything chosen that you shouldn't do. <laughs> <laughs> I've basically, I've done everything that you shouldn't do. Yeah, um, brilliant. But what I mean, so, an amazing learning curve, absolutely amazing learning curve. I mean, I also had uh, so the, the property that the builders were working on, we just got the kitchen in, as in in the premises, ready to be fitted. And some scally went in and, and nicked the whole lot. So nicked the kitchen, nicked all the builders, you know, space heater, his ladders, all the materials that were sitting in there all got nicked. So, you know, uh, but what, what can you do? You can't. What's the point in either? I, what's the point in either worrying about those that those things are going to happen because they may not. Yeah. And if it does happen, just find a solution and crack on because yeah. what's the other option so, that you just go to pieces, you know? You you lost material. Um, you, you've yeah. obviously had the house broken into. You've lost material. You've um, had done it in a pandemic. You've had to travel up and down, stay up mm-hmm. there. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm listening to this, I'm thinking, oh, my God, how much money did you lose on these projects? So let's look mm-hmm. at the numbers. So yeah. what was your, what's, what's your, um, have you refinanced them now? Have you got mortgages? On I them? have, have now. Uh, yeah, okay. I've refinanced and, and that was traumatic as well. <laughs> are all, are all three, are all three rented? Yes. They are. Yep. So what does um, each, what, what does each one rent for? Overall, what's the rent from the three properties? Uh, so the rental for the three um, is one, one, two fifty, I think. One thousand two hundred and fifty, yeah. and what's the what's the yeah. three mortgages? Uh, two ninety. Total. Total. But there's a story. Total. There's a story in that as well. <laughs> we'll come. We'll come. We'll come to that yeah. in a moment. So, after yeah. your management fees, your maintenance, your monthly costs, what's your monthly profit from the three properties? Um, do you know what? I haven't redone it because this literally in the last week everything changed. Right. So um, before before a week ago, what was your monthly profit? Um, it was going to be around about uh, uh, monthly on the all three was about five fifty, I think. Five fifty, right? And do you yeah. think it's going to be more, a bit more, or a bit less now? Uh, so it should be a bit more because the mortgage more. payment has, has come okay. down. Yeah. Excellent. Um, so it's gone. It was five fifty. It's going to go up a bit more. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. not that's that's not bad. Um, on the refinance, have you left? Have you um, your we look at two things for anybody watching this. We look at two things in terms of numbers. One is how much money you've left in, and then what's the return on that capital that's employed that's left yeah. in. So, how yeah. much money? How much money have you left in, Ellie, from the three deals? So now, um, and this was, as I say, this is this just happened in the last week. I've got twenty-two left in. If you had twenty-two grand left in a bank account, how much interest would you get on that money? Oh, pennies. Pennies and with twenty two grand, twenty two grand left in these three houses, and you're making, you said five fifty, but a bit more now. So what about six hundred a month? So yeah, so, yeah, it should be hopefully yeah. So let's say six hundred a month for twelve months is um, seven thousand two hundred. 
So to work out its return on capital employed, for anyone listening that's new to property, it's the annual profit, so 7,200, yeah. divided by the 22,000. So you're mm -hmm. looking at over 30% return on your money? Yeah. Yeah, so. potentially. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I've come in a little bit blind here today because, like I say, it's, it has all just changed. Um, yeah. So, so basically, when I worked my figures out initially, um, I was thinking that I was going to be on about about 40 percent ROI. Right. And then when I got the valuation, which I'll tell you about, um, I thought, yes, I'm leaving two grand in to pretty much infinite return. Uh, but then the lenders again changed their mind. So um, I'm I'm now on about. So actually, maybe those figures I've given you are slightly out because uh, I think my final ROI is fifteen point something. Okay, which is still That's great. A... Which is still great. It's just a bit of a shock after you thinking that you've you know got all your money. Yeah. Up, but there you go. So yeah. are you looking at how, how have you calculated your ROI? Because return on investment is often different to return on capital employed. So the two separate calculations yeah. in terms of. Yeah. So in a return on capital employed calculation, it's a money annual profit divided by money left in. Yeah. While return on, cap, return yeah. on capital employed can, can often be calculated where people are calculated against total money spent. So it's a yeah no so I do I do tend to do ROI right which is yeah. on total money spent yeah so your return on investment is probably fifteen percent but your return on capital employed might be higher yeah in terms of how yeah. hard the yeah. money left ends working for you but either way yeah. fifteen fifteen percent plus return is yeah. still pretty huge pretty good yeah and so, especially at the moment especially at the moment mm -hmm. with the market as it is yeah yeah um what yeah. Is, so you've done those three projects. You've got them done now. They're rented out. They're, it's almost now parked. You've got somebody managing them. You've got cash flow for the rest of your life. There'll be the odd yeah. maintenance issue. There'll be yeah. bits and pieces to be done on them, but it's, yeah. it's 550 to 650 or whatever cash flow a month. Um, what else have you done? Have you just stopped? Have you rest on? Have you, is, is that no. it? No. So with the market being so mad at the moment and living 350 miles away, um, I've made the decision to use sourcing agents for the time being yeah. um, because I literally, I literally can't get up in time to view things. Um, and uh, yeah, so I've now got another one going through uh, legals, which I've, I'm purchasing uh, through a sourcing agent, um, which is in Newcastle, which is in any five. Right. Now your sourcing yeah. agent, did you find them within the progressive community? Or did you find them elsewhere? Uh, no, not that one. Um some have come through. Uh, I've, I've I've been talking to lots, um, right. and there are several that are looking out for me. But uh, and some are within Progressive, and some aren't. Mm. Um, this one isn't. One of the um, um, one of the key things here is is for people watching that are trying to do property that are alone. How important has community been to you, and meeting other people and networking with those people? Oh, massive! Absolutely massive! And I honestly, if I hadn't done formal education if i hadn't come to progressive i i i know i don't think i know that i wouldn't be in the position i'm in now um because the the networking with other people on your course and then and then the the sort of you know spider's web that goes out from that you know because they've all got their networks and um and the the friendliness and the willingness to share their knowledge and 
networks and you know and everything it's just been amazing really and i really don't think i would be where i am without how has, you know how how has the obviously on the vip mentorship program you've got you've got access to mentors and stuff have, yeah how, how how has the mentors how has that helped you uh that's been that's been great actually so because we have like the selection a whole selection um um i found I th- i've tried i think i've had four three or four different ones that i've used over the the time that i've been there but obviously a lot of the time we haven't been able to be in the room because of covid, mm, COVID. um yeah. and i've i've sort of uh stuck with one more than others um but the fact that i know like at the moment i've potentially i'm start well i have started on um a, a big development project working sort of trying to start that all off with a with a woman um i know that if i've got a, a big you know a development problem or question i know that next time i could book in with a different mentor hmm. and that's their speciality yeah because there's know? a mentor there's there's a mentor for every speciality yeah. so if you've got a yeah. you've got a single let one month you look at the single let yeah. mentor if you've got a service accommodation service yeah. accommodation development development so yeah. that that is one of the the powerful things about it but um the development so you were you were going to talk about your next project is that the development or is that another one have you got development plus something else or what else have you got uh no so i've got the one the two bedrooms uh semi going through legals at the moment which was through the saucer and yes. then just via a Facebook post, um, because also with the colliery cottages, I work with my letting agent and the council, and we work together to house uh, vulnerable people, so people who are desperately in need of housing. So two of my tenants have uh, are domestic abuse survivors, and one uh, couple were hounded out of their house uh, by antisocial behaviour. And I love that. I absolutely love that side of it. Um, so, um, I, you know, I would really like to do more of that. And I have actually connected with a nonprofit organisation in Durham um, who house um, young adults at risk of being homeless or care leavers. So I actually put a post out on social media um, to say, right, this is the sort of thing that I will be looking for next. And, you know, or what would be quite good would be a freehold of two, three, one bedroom flats, because that's the sort of thing that that particular organisation look for. Um, and, a, and a woman got in contact with me and she said, oh, I don't know if this will be of interest. Um, but, you know, I just thought I'd sort of, you know, I've seen your your Facebook posts and what have you. So I just thought I'd get in contact and, and see if we could take it anywhere. And that was for a, a property in Sunderland, which was mixed use commercial on the ground floor uh and that was uh 11 i think that was 11 apartments um and she sort of told me all about it and i said look can i be completely honest and this was my little chimp coming into my brain again um this is completely out of my league and uh she said well you know the thing is she said i've done a lot of business coaching um and we can sort of talk through ways that will make it easier or you know, see how we can work out a deal and this sort of thing. So I thought, well, what have I got to lose? I'll go and have a look at it. So went to have a look. And also Derek, my mentor, said, you know, you're either going to earn from it or you're going to learn from it. So go for it. So um, went up and had a look. Um, but this one was one that she had developed before. So it was all up and done ready, you know. And I thought, well, this isn't really for me. You know, I'd want to be able to add value and, um, you know, for investors because I will need investors for this. Um you know, I, I need to be able to add value. 
Uh, so we got chatting. He said, oh, well, I'll show you the other projects I've got on the go as well. And uh, she's got another one, which is one commercial unit on the bottom. And then so basically she's the developer. So it's not her property. She's the developer and she's got a relationship with the owner. Um, and that will be developed into 14 apartments. Um, and that will be two floors that are already there and then building in the airspace, developing the airspace. So um, that's what I'm looking at at the moment, which is for me massive. Um, but talking through with Derek, you know, he's very much like, no, this is not too big for you. <laughs> um, and so he's been helping. Um, uh, and I had another meeting yesterday with the woman and um, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can sort of between us pull it off, which will be absolutely, absolutely massive for me. Obviously, you know, going from buying three two bedroom houses for 55K um, to, to something in the millions, you know, it's it's a bit daunting, but it's exciting at the same time. I know. So I mean, got- if I hadn't, if I hadn't done proper education, there was absolutely. I mean, you know, a it wouldn't have come. It wouldn't have fallen in my lap. But also, I mean, I would never, ever, ever have thought about doing anything like that. So you've got your 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 accidental landlord house from your from your husband when you moved down south. Mm-hmm. You got your first buy to let. Then you did your three properties in the colliery villages to get mm-hmm. you to five. Mm-hmm. Then you've got your the one you're buying off a sourcer to get you six, and yeah. this development as well. Yeah, if it comes uh, off, things. If, if it comes, if it comes <laughs> off. So, um, and in the middle of a global pandemic, where so well done, um, that's phenomenal. What's next for Ali? So, as well as this development, if it comes off, where where do you see? Have you got an end game? Have you got a an exit plan? Have you, or is this just I'm having fun? I'm going to see where it takes me. Um. So my my three year goal, which I set. So I do my goals at the beginning of the year. Um, my three-year goal basically was to earn three and a half thousand a month by the end of three years, um, and that basically—and I don't want this to sound sort of maudling or anything—but with my mum having been in a care home because of her Alzheimer's and her stroke, I know how much that costs. And should I get Alzheimer's or should my brain condition get worse or whatever, I don't want my kids to have to worry as to whether I can be put in a nice home or a horrible home. You know, so I, I want to have enough as close as it can be to passive income coming in um, to be able to cover that. So sort of the three year goal was to get to sort of three and a half thousand and then five years would be to sort of take it further because obviously these fees are really expensive. If I don't have to go in a home, lovely. I'm quids in, you know, I'll have a nice, nice retirement pot. Um, not that I really think about retiring, to be honest, because I love what I do. But uh, yeah, so that's the sort of goal i don't it's not in my plan to sort of sell things off i have a feeling ellie i have a feeling that you're going to be buying the retirement home (laughs) oh god you can you can make it look anything you like anyway um what what would you what is Really, really great to have you come on and talk through your journey and it's really it's going to be really inspirational for people who are listening in and Worried about the challenge, worried about the challenge of getting started, worried about, um, you know, because I know you still do some chefing as well as the property yeah. and the traveling, yeah. and w- worrying about can they juggle both and this sort of stuff. So um, mm-hmm. it's a it re- really, really inspiring story. I've loved your, your, what you've shared. What just because obviously I'm conscious of your time and I, I, I've not even realized we've been speaking for like oh, you know, 35 plus minutes already. Oh, These are like, gosh. 
20-minute tw- interviews usually. This is, I told this, you I, I could I, talk. I, yeah, but it's but I've been just sitting here listening to your story, and it's been it's it's awesome. So, and I know the audience are going to love it. So, but just to, as a sort of a, a finish up, um, what what would you say to people who are sort of thinking, you know, that they're in a job, they're 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 maybe they want to make a change they want to get mm-hmm. to some people want to take over the world some people want to get to 10 20 grand a month some people just want to get to three grand a month what would yeah. you say to anyone who's just thinking do i you know can they make that change do they need to be full-time in property to make because a lot of people think they need to be full-time to make it work yeah. or can they can they do it part-time so what sort of thoughts now mm-hmm. that you've you're sort of 18 months into that journey um what would you say to people who are sort of unsure yeah um i think you can definitely do it with a job I mean, if you're in a full-time you know, corporate job, as it's always banded about, um, you know, it will be hard. I'm sure it will be hard, um, you know, because it will be, you know, your lunch breaks where you're calling the estate agents or the sources or whatever or, and, and, you know, trying to print off your legal documents and all of that sort of thing. Um, and it will be hard. It's not going to be easy. But at some point, you'll, you'll get to the point where you'll either, if your job allows, be able to cut your hours down and put more time into property or you'll you'll get to the point where you take the leap and say, okay, I'm now at a point where I can do it. I can I can go full time. I mean, I'm hoping to go full time because we are actually going to move up to the northeast. Hopefully, by the beginning of next year, um, we're going to put our house into serviced accommodation and move up. Um, and at that point, obviously, I will leave my job, and so that will be the point where I. I go into it full time. I mean, even now I'm thinking, oh, do I do it full time? And it may be yeah. that if this big development project comes off or, or you know, that starts rolling, then then I may, ha- may have to leap sooner than I, I'm en- envisaging. But, yeah, I mean, if you can do that, that gradual, for me, that's that's the ideal because then you, you're not taking that massive risk. Um, and it depends where you are in your life. You might You might be living at home with your mum and dad. You know, you might be early 20s living at home with your mum and dad. You've not got a mortgage, you've not got kids, you've not got all the overhead. So it might be that you can do it full time quicker. You know, um, it's just sort of depend on your circumstances. But, um, yeah, most definitely you can start off while you're in in your normal job. Definitely. You, you pretty much explained what I did there, Ellie, because I was full time in a corporate job. And I went, yeah. I did, I did, I rang the agents in the lunch breaks. I was reminiscing. Yeah. I did, I did my viewings in the evenings. I then yeah. went, th- I went three days a week and then I yeah. gave myself six months and then I went full time. It was exactly yeah. what you've just said. And it yeah. works. Um, you got to work hard enough to not have to work hard. So yeah. Ellie, really appreciate you coming on. Um, really, really um, great interview, really inspiring. Um, I'm going to be you. watching your journey a little bit closer now to see what's next. I'm, gonna, I'm excited about this development project. Oh, no, and the no I've to got the, to pull it the, off. You have to pull it off now. You've told I us know. all. I know. So, um, and the move to the northeast as well to take over the northeast of England. The northeast better be careful because they, they don't know what's coming. <laughs> so, um, got, <laughs> so appreciate you coming on. You've been listening to the Progressive Success Stories. I've been Kevin McDonald. She's been Ellie Freeman. You've been absolutely awesome. See you next time. Are you ready for a revolution? Look no further as Progressive Property, Britain's number one property education company, is hosting a Property Revolution Summit. And you're officially invited. Three days of content to help you start and scale your property portfolio. Trained by professionals 
you will learn the strategies you need to thrive in property, plus you will meet like-minded people that could lead to endless opportunities. Go to bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D. So that's bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D or click in the link in the descriptions to sign up now. Everybody.